Hello, and thank you for joining me for Give Him 15. And the title of today's post is Answers to Prayer. For the past three days, I've been sharing with you about the power of prayer, learning about pagah, the Hebrew word for intercession. Today, I'm going to share four stories with you about answered prayer. 1 John 5, 14, 15 tells us, this is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we asked from him. Let these stories Boost Your Faith and Confidence. In her book, Miracles Happen When You Pray, Quinn Shearer shares the following testimony. Prakash, hope I'm pronouncing his name right, a crusade worker in India, looked at the lifeless body of his son and felt his heart collapse with grief. Prakash had been out in the field sharing the gospel when he received an urgent telegram from his wife. He rushed home and discovered that his son was nearly dead. They couldn't afford an ambulance, so Prakash and his wife boarded a crowded bus and began the long journey to a hospital in a neighboring city. On the way, their son's heart stopped beating. All the passengers on the bus gave him up for lost. I felt as if a big bolt of lightning had struck my heart, Prakash said. My sorrow knew no bounds, and my wife was fully immersed in tears. But in the midst of the tragedy, faith filled his heart with renewed confidence and power. The child is not dead, just sleeping, Prakash announced with boldness. It made the, other, made the passengers on the bus laugh as if he were insane. Prakash immediately knelt down in the aisle of the bus and prayed over the body of his son. Ten minutes into his prayer, a pulse returned to the child's body and he opened his eyes. Passengers were stunned. Your God is truly great. <laughs> Your God is truly great, they said in amazement. Tell us about him. Rejoicing in God's miraculous answer to his prayers, Prakash shared the gospel with a captive audience. What a great story. I believe God will give us more, many more signs and wonders that will, just as in this story, cause unbelievers to come to Christ. From their book, Praying Prodigal's Home, Quinn Shearer and Ruth Ann Garlock share the following two stories. At age 14, Dawn began showing signs of hostility toward my husband, her stepfather. Up until this time, she had called him daddy, 
and insisted on having her last name changed to his. When she rebelled, she contacted the authorities at her school and told them she was going to run away if we didn't allow her to live with her girlfriend and her family. The court got involved, and I lost custody of her. She became a ward of the court, then was placed in a succession of foster homes. When we would see her in court, she would swear at us and make obscene gestures. It broke my heart to see her like this. Because of her extreme hostility, the Child Protective Services suspected she'd been molested. They thought my husband may have been the one who did it. Later, we learned it was a friend's 41-year-old father. The eight months that Dawn was out of our home was nearly unbearable for me, this mom says. I became desperate before God. On Mother's Day Sunday in church, our pastor spoke of the woman with the issue of blood and how she touched the hem of Jesus' garment was healed. That morning, in prayer, she says, I pressed in and touched the hem of his garment. Somehow, I knew God had heard my cry. Don't ask me how, she says, I just knew. I placed my daughter completely in God's hands, and trusted him to bring about a miracle. Shortly after that experience, God began turning the situation around through some amazing events. My husband chose to forgive Dawn for her rebellion and our relationship was healed. Then the court returned custody to us. Considering all the circumstances, circumstances it had seemed impossible that our, our prodigal would ever return home. But God is faithful he restored our family. She ends by saying, today Dawn is my best friend. When she was 24, my husband even got to adopt her. Only God could have put these broken pieces together. Incredible. And another from Praying Prodigal's Home. For years, Evelyn had prayed scripture prayers for her children. After Ken left home and moved back east, Evelyn went to visit him. He had backslidden. She was deeply grieved by his attitude and lifestyle. And boarded the plane with a heavy heart for her return flight home. Sitting on the plane, I talked to the Lord about Ken, she said. I prayed, God, I know all the scriptures that are there to stand on for my family, but I need something new and fresh so I can fight the good fight for my son to return to you. I opened up to Proverbs and began to read. Suddenly, a verse seemed to leap off the page and faith was born in my heart. The verse said, you can also be very sure that God will rescue the children of the godly. Proverbs eleven twenty one, the living Bible. She says, I had never noticed that scripture 
because this was a Bible version I wasn't accustomed to. She clung to God's promise for 13 years that he would rescue her child. She said, God kept telling us we should talk to him more about Ken and less to Ken about him. Ken's life was becoming deplorable, but we kept loving and praying. Eventually, he began to trust us not to preach to him or condemn him, and he would turn to us when he was hurting. Once he called and was hinting for, for us to pray for him. Then one day, we had the courage to ask if we could pray for him, and he allowed us to. That was a real breakthrough. Evelyn and her husband prayed that God would send people into Ken's life that would have a positive influence on him. And it happened. Ken met up with a former friend who was a Christian and eventually agreed to go to church with him. When he call, called home to tell his mom, she just listened, not wanting to overreact or offend him. And a few days later, he called again and told her he had attended another church service. He said he felt the Lord told him this was his last chance. At that point, he repented and turned to the Lord, returned to the Lord. She says, finally the day came when we were able to see our son. I'll never forget the moment he rang the doorbell and I opened the door. There he stood, so visibly changed. Ken's count countenance, dark for so many years, now was lit up with that inward glow that only Jesus can give. Yes, our prodigal had returned. God's going to do this with thousands, I think maybe millions. There are a lot of prodigals out there. They're coming home. And here's one more. Lastly, for miraculous protection. Our dear friend, Beth Alvis, now in heaven, shared the following testimony of creating a boundary. Yeah, paga, we've been talking about that, of protection with her prayers. What a story it is. She says, an example of intercession in my own life involves a cousin I hadn't seen in about 10 years. I crawled out of bed in the middle of the night for a glass of water when a picture of my cousin canvassed my mind. Suddenly, I dropped to my knees and began to cry out, God, don't let Mike move. Keep him still, Lord. Keep him still. Oh God, please don't let him move. Hold him, Lord, hold him. Even though, she says, I was pleading on Mike's behalf with my words, I remember thinking, this is ridiculous. What am, why am I praying this? Then the words ceased. So I got up, drank a glass of water, and started back to the bedroom. Again, I fell to the floor and began to cry out with a grave sense of urgency. Don't let him move. God, don't let Mike move. Stay still. Stay still. The words came to an abrupt end. This time I thought, this must be a nightmare. I had no feeling inside of me other than the feeling to pray. I got up, began to pace the floor, wondering what in the world that was all about. 
one more time, I took a few steps toward the bedroom when again I dropped to the floor. Only this time I was yelling. She had been yelling, keep him there, keep him there, keep him there, don't let him move. This time I was yelling, get him up, Lord. Get him to run. Run, Mike. Lord, help him to run, run, run. Let him run. God, run, run, run. After a few minutes, a calm came over me, and I returned to bed for the night. The following day, I called my, my aunt to see if she could help me put the pieces together about my puzzling outcries the night before. She informed me only that Mike was in Vietnam. The experience still made very little sense. Finally, a month later, my aunt called to read a letter she had received. The letter told how Mike, who was a pilot, had been shot down. He and his parachute had landed, and he and his parachute landed in a tree. He had been trained to get out of the area as quickly as possible, but explained that just a few hundred yards from the crash site, he fell into a bush. Mom, he wrote, it was like I was pinned down. Somebody, like somebody was sitting on me. The Viet Cong came and were unknowingly standing on my pant leg while looking up at my parachute. They turned around, began to slash the bushes with their bayonets. It looked safe, but they turned the other way. It looked safe, so I started to get up and run when once again I fell into the bush as though someone was pushing me. I lay there for a couple of minutes. And suddenly, I had the impulse to get up and run. I heard a helicopter sprinted through, so I sprinted through the wooded area, following the direction of the noise to an open space where I was whisked off to safety. The helicopter crew said they came in response to my beeper. And yet, it was damaged when I was shot down and wasn't working. That is incredible. So for our prayer today, for our prayer and decree, I want to do something different. And I feel the Lord has led me to do this. You pray and you pray your own prayer and release a decree for someone your own prayer decree, a prodigal, someone who is struggling in life or perhaps who needs a miracle. Call them by name, ask Holy Spirit to lead you and trust him to do so. I am going to turn off the camera and do the same. So thank you for joining me. Go ahead and pray.